Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan's going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. What is up, Wizards fans? As always, I'm your host, Matt Moderno. Thanks for joining us for another Believe in Wizards. We've been doing a lot of draft coverage, but today we have sort of the ultimate pre-draft draft guide. Kevin Broom of Bullets Forever and the So Wizards podcast is going to be joining me today. We've broken all the major prospects we like down into four positions, guards, wings, forwards, and bigs, and we'll kind of get into why we put people into certain groupings. And we're going to go through uh, on this show, we're going to do two of those positional categories and then the other two will be on Kevin's podcast, the So Wizards podcast. So if you're not already following them or subscribe to them, please go do that. You know, you'll get the other two positions. So like I said, we're going to kind of break them up as evenly as we can here and try to provide you a comprehensive look at just really who matters in this particular draft. In, in our opinion, I think some of it is pretty consensus-y, but, uh, you know, we, we don't have anybody kind of crazy. Like there's no scenario where Chet is 48th on either of our boards or, or anything like that. So don't expect something that crazy. but uh, you know, there's some guys that are consensus 25 that we have 11 or 12 and and vice versa and and things like that. And, and we'll tell you why and who we think the Wizards should kind of key in on, who they should stick clear of, who of the guys they've worked out are actual sort of realistic options for them at 10 or trade downs or any of that kind of stuff. So we'll get into all that. If you're not rating, reviewing and subscribing, please do one or several of those things. We we always appreciate that. Again, gotten a lot of really good feedback this summer. Seems like people have liked the draft coverage. For me, I was basically born a 40-year-old man. I never believed in Santa Claus. So NBA draft week is like my getting ready for Christmas. You know, I've got sort of that excitement and anticipation. So we're getting close. The draft is on June 23rd. I think all the coverage starts at like 7:30. So you can get ready for that. You can listen to their draft analysts, compare every short white guy to Bobby Sura or uh every big six foot eight guy with big hands to Kawhi Leonard because that's just sort of the superficial level of coverage that pretty much everybody on that show other than like Mike Schmitz gives you so yeah uh, we've got that to look forward to but you guys will know more you will have listened to this podcast you'll be super informed and you will have a kind of a great idea of of who you want us to key in on if you don't already have that maybe this confirms some things for you maybe it gives you some different things to think about but hopefully it's just enjoyable uh along the way here so in just a minute, we'll get to Kevin and I's conversations about the guards and forwards available that, that we like in our positional rankings. And then on his show, we'll kind of cover the the other two remaining positions. But first, a word from one of our sponsors at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds in the NBA Finals and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEF, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, now let's get to my conversation with Kevin. At this point, I'm pleased to be joined by Kevin Broom of Bolts Forever and the So Wizards podcast. As I mentioned in the intro here, we're going to be going through sort of the different positional rankings that we have for these guys from what I've heard from sort of multiple front office types that this is actually a pretty consistent way that teams do it, that they have a positional board more so than just like an overall one to a hundred. Not that they don't have that, but they look at these guys sort of grouped amongst their sort of respective peers a lot of the time. So I think this is a good way for us to kind of go through and, and break them down. So Kevin, uh, 
we're going to hit a lot of guys here today. So thank you for willing, uh, being willing to go through all these guys with me. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this should be fun. So, all right, we're going to start with guards here and basically that's point guards or lead guards, whatever you want to call them these days, combo guards. So I looked at this as anybody that I could see being like on ball primarily at least a decent amount of time and not just like a small three essentially. So like these are guys that are combo guardy type guys that that could be point. Maybe they're a two guard, but they're not like a three. So KCP wouldn't have fallen to guards for me. Yeah. I, for me, that's pretty much the way I think of it. It's um, but it's also size does come into it a little bit. It's kind of like guys who are, maybe not big enough to play forward in the NBA, but they are, um, but they're, you know, they have guard skills, they have ball handling, they have shooting, they have playmaking, some playmaking. Um, some of these guys who are in here are not really much of um, playmakers, but you know, they're like six, two and you can't, can't play forward else. in the NBA yeah. and six, two. I think uh, you wrote some of these up for bowls forever already. And I think they're going to be two names that we had differently. I did not have Dyson Daniels on my guards list. I left him as a wing. But that was more just a who I think he guards kind of situation, uh, at least to start out. And then I also did not have Johnny Davis on this list because I see him more of a 2-3 than a 1-2. But I, that was the one I was sort of most torn with. I, I think you could make a case for. Yeah, for- I could see. I could see that. Um, I think in, you know, changing either guy to a wing doesn't really fundamentally change in, in, in what they do. Yoda. Yeah. It would probably drop them down a little bit because okay. of how Yoda works, but it, like in the overall ranking, but they would still be like with um, Dyson Daniels, he's still a top 10 prospect. Um, if you look at him, look at him as a wing, because mm-hmm. he's, he just does so much of everything. And I think Johnny Davis, like if he kind of pops as a prospect, it's going to be as like a one, two more than a three. I just figured like day one, he's kind of strong and and reasonably athletic enough to guard, you know, the smaller, small forwards of the league and stuff like that. So that's kind of just why I threw him there for now, but yeah, he's like KCP size, right? Yeah. He's six, five. I mean, he's got decent enough length, but nothing crazy. He's not like a seven foot wingspan guy or anything, but he's he's enough. Um, So again, good, could be either there, I think. All right. So, for guards and forwards, we're going to go through here on the Believe in Wizards podcast. And then, again, if you're not subscribed to the So Wizards podcast, do that. We're going to hit wings and centers. And, yeah, we're just going to go through these. So uh, on this pod, I'll go through my list. Kevin, you tell me where I'm crazy, where you have them. I also have where they fall on the consensus mock. And then on Kevin's pod, we'll go through his kind of list of guys. And, and I'll tell him where I, where I think maybe he's crazy, which is probably a little less frequent than, than it'll be on this pod. So, no, right. I, I, you know, mine is purely stat driven. And so it's sure to be wrong. This is like a total crapshoot to me. This is the thing I love about the draft is even if you say everything right about a person and you make all the right arguments, it may just not work out. Yeah. Like the one I got killed on the most was a couple of years ago for Kentucky. I was so high on Malik Monk. I own every share of Malik Monk stock. Yeah. And that has not worked out well for me. And mm-hmm. I couldn't understand why. And then I just read an article very recently about him, like, dealing with like massive addiction to cocaine for the last couple of years. And I feel like that's a reasonable, you know, sidetracking of a career that you can't kind of factor in, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. See, I usually think of it the other way where I make the the miss on guys who turn out to be really good. Hmm. And, you know, because there are these guys who don't really produce numbers. Jalen Brown is like a great example of that, where 
at Cal, he was just, I mean, nothing, <laughs> there was nothing. And then, you know, the scouts all said they liked him and stuff and he gets drafted really high. And I was like, well, okay. And, you know, maybe he'll turn out to be good. He definitely has tools. And then of course he's become terrific. Um, so another guy like that, um, from a couple of years, Des- well, um, Desmond Bain was another one like that, where the short arms got you. Yeah, well, the sh- the short arms and also just an overall kind of eh, decent production, but nothing too impressive. And he was a senior, and so it's like you expect a little more of him. And he just, you know, I think I'm more likely to like go all in on a guy that hasn't shown much yet because I got sold on he did a couple things really well a couple times and I'll like extrapolate if he did that a lot he'd be really good and the yeah. chances of that happening are usually a lot lower so That's you'll like see the, some um, of that here today the Mike Shanahan thing where um when when he was at Denver apparently his approach to scouting was he wanted to see the highlights mm-hmm. um he wanted to to see like mm-hmm. what a guy did on his best like 15 20 plays and then he figured they would just have to get that out of him and, you know, no pressure, you know, just be yeah. perfect all the time. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. That's sort of the, uh, the Oakland Raiders, Al Davis, like we'll just pick the guy who runs the fastest 40 at the biggest size and we'll draft him in the first round every year. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's something to that, I guess. Uh, anyway. Maybe. All right. The first one I have here for guards is Jade Ivy. I know he's a, maybe a little lower on yours than mine. So I, I did these by tier basically. So I'm just going to give you my first tier. And I just call these guys lottery. And I think there's some flux within the lottery. Like I have Ivy clearly ahead of the other person, but I have him and Kennedy Chandler as my only guys I would consider in or around the lottery. Uh, does that seem reasonable to you? Yeah, I would have. Um, I actually have Kennedy Chandler rated slightly ahead sure. of, of Jaden Ivy. Um, with Ivy, the, the thing, it's funny because Chandler actually has uh, worse overall efficiency than, mm. than Ivy did. Um, but, um, you know, I, Chandler, more of a playmaker, lots more steals, more than twice as many steals, which I, I like turnovers were about the same, but, but Chandler had, uh, you know, lots more playmaking. So, you know, this is one where I suspect that, um, Yoda probably has them in the wrong order, you know, this, the approach. And so that's one of the things I'll surely look at, you know, in next year for next year, um, is you know to trying to recognize what maybe what the scouts are seeing mm-hmm. um it, but it's going to depend i'll look at the results and see but um those are the two that i would have um near the top i also have dyson daniels there but that's because a guard position thing yep. so that's fine and, and yeah again he would be clearly a lottery guy for me yep. yep so he would definitely fit into that that sort of first year i think the case for ivy and, and maybe this is the thing that that like yoda can't siphon out is just like the context on that team he played yeah. with two just like hulking dudes. There's like no room to operate. They didn't play him on ball very much, although the few times they did, I thought they were better. So I, I don't really understand that. But then to me, it's Matt Painter's not an idiot. So if he could have played on ball more, why didn't he? Uh, so mm-hmm. that, that's kind of why like I could see him going higher if there's some reasonable explanation for that. But I also am a little lower on him than most because I just assume there's there's some reason there that they couldn't make him the guy full time. Yeah. Yeah. Now Ch- Chandler is a kid. I I really like him. Uh, I like his game. Um, and I love that, you know, he's small. He, mm-hmm. he measured five uh, eleven in socks. Um, yeah. So, but he's also hyper athletic. He's super bouncy and he plays like it. Yeah. Yeah. And 
he's really productive. He's a really good playmaker and he's expected not to really go until the, like the twenties. Yeah. And so he's the kind of guy, I mean, if, you know, if you were to trade back and if the wizards ended up with him, I know people would go nuts picking another small point guard, but th- there's, there are differences between small point guards, right? There's a difference between, you know, how Neto and like, uh, I'm trying to think Chris Paul, right? right. Well, <laughs> Neto's not putting anybody guard. on a poster and Chandler can, you know, like there's, they play like Chandler plays four inches taller. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And so I like him um, with Ivy. Yeah. I can see what you're talking about. It, you know, he rebounded pretty well um, for the numbers. Um, it does make me wonder if maybe I wonder if like the coach might've done some things, you know, because in the NBA, you, you don't always get to handle the ball. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he, they were playing a more off ball to, to build some skill. Um, you know, I don't know if a coach, if college coaches are willing to do that very much, maybe sacrificing some wins. Um, some are, but mm-hmm. um, some are not. <laughs> so I, I don't know. The, the defense was like bad a lot of the time, but I think I've talked about this on, on previous podcasts too, where they made him fight through like literally every screen. And as a high, higher usage offensive guard, now you're fighting through like hulking behemoth centers in the Big Ten. Uh, run around Hunter Dickinson because Zach Eady can't switch. It, it's sort of a lot to ask, I think. And I, I think that accounts for some of it, but he's just obviously he's got to be better. But you're not drafting him for his defense anyway, realistically. I think most, for the most part, teams are not drafting for defense. They You, you want a guy who has shown at least a willingness to defend, mm-hmm. um, but once players get to the NBA, virtually everybody has a pretty big learning curve. And a lot of that includes technique, it, it, scheme, of course, and um, strength and, you know, the physicality, how to use your body. I mean, there's like a, a million things that you have to learn and everybody has to learn it. So, um, I, you know, there aren't that many guys like Matisse Thibault who come in as an elite defender right off the bat. That's yeah, the there. Herb Joneses of the world. Everyone yeah. now wants a Herb Jones. Who in the second round is going to be this year's Herb Jones? Well, Herb Jones should have been a top 15 pick. I mean, let's yeah. we, we all blew that. And yeah. I, I, I complete Yoda miss. <laughs> I, I had him in the first round, so I'll take like a mild victory lap for that. But I didn't think he'd be, you know, a, a fringe first team all defense guy as a rookie. You know, it's, yeah. it's nuts. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think the differentiator here is if Ivy pops, he's like Donovan Mitchell. If Kennedy Chandler pops, you know, he's probably like a good fringe starter. Um, so it's that that's kind of where I would look at the, the separator between the two realistically. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think that's about right. Um, and so, I mean, I like Chandler and Ivy. I, I mean, both guys are, are pretty good um, and look like pretty good prospects. So yeah, no argument there. And it's, it's sort of the value of where you could get them in the draft. Like you said, yeah. the consensus mock has Kennedy Chandler 25. You know, I, I, I'd be okay trading back for 20 and 25. I, I don't want us to do this. I'd rather take somebody good at 10, but I'm just saying like, if you got a Chandler at 25 to me, that that's, that's a pretty good pickup. He's the very least like a good career backup. Like that's the floor I see. Yeah. To, you know. Yeah. I think if, if the wizards did something like trading back where they get a veteran player who's, who can start sure. and, you know, at a position of need and they get, you know, a couple picks, or a pick, you know, something like that for for theirs. Mm-hmm. And then they end up with, like you say, like somebody like Ken Chandler, 2025. 20, that's, that's a good value. And I think he's, uh, you know, a immediate backup, um, you know, solid backup. And I think he could potentially be better than, I think he could be a, you know, a good starter in the league, you know, size is, 
important, but it's not everything. Yeah. You know, the game, as I wrote uh, last, when, when I wrote about the guards, it's moving much more towards skill and agility. And, mm -hmm. you know, he has those things in, in large, large quantities. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's what size you play like a lot of the times too. Uh, the, there's some of these guys we'll get to, especially in the wings. It's like, well, he's six foot six and he's got a 40 inch vertical jump. Yeah. You would never know that by watching them play. So does it matter how high you can jump if you don't actually put it to good use ever? So yes, yes. Uh, all right. This next kind of group of guys, I just have labeled like 15 to 35, basically, because I could make a case for them pretty much anywhere after that in, in some sort of varying degree. Uh, I have Blake Wesley next. Uh, again, the, the the numbers probably aren't as clean uh, as you would think, but not a very good team. He made them a better team, played as a freshman with a lot of seniors. He's long. He's pretty athletic. I don't think his combine was as like reflective as the way he played. Um, you know, like the, the he's probably a slightly better athlete than he even looked in, in some of those measurables. The shooting is not great. I don't know what he is in the NBA. If he's a one, is he a two? Is he, I don't know. I just, I just think there's enough there tools wise that I would give him some consideration toward like the late first, early second. Hmm. Yeah. With him, uh, I've got him like, I could see like second round pick uh, with, with him someplace, like, you know, probably later in the second round. I, he's more in that like borderline category for me okay. um, with him. His his offensive efficiency was really bad. Yeah. Um, we're talking, you know, forty seven percent on twos, thirty percent on threes, just sixty five percent fine, and um, not a whole lot else. And so, you know, he's he could be one of those guys like Jalen Brown, where he's, um, you know, he just had a bad season, and for for various reasons, and he'll be he'll be better in the pros. Yeah, I, I think it's like again. I don't think anybody had them in a tournament team before the year. And he was a large reason that they were like, that was kind of the, the offensive engine there. And I, mm -hmm. I think the, you know, the, the workload maybe killed some of the efficiency, but uh, he was just big in a lot of games for them and made them competitive. I think he had like, you know, one of his best games of the year against Kentucky and Ty Ty Washington and, and people like that. So he looked good in certain matchups, yeah. but if he was, not good it kind of wouldn't shock me either so so that's why i've got sort of like a wider range on these next couple of guys we're like there's enough there that i could see it and make a case for it but if they didn't totally pan out it, it wouldn't really surprise me right. uh all right next i have ryan rollins i just like dudes like this i've always been a sucker for people like this sort of the combo e guard maybe undersized too don't know if he can be a full-time one but just like hand him the ball and say, go score a basket. And he'll mm -hmm. do that in some way, shape or form. So I, I, I don't know I, the, the three point shooting has to get better, but if you got floaters and touch and you can like bury every 18 footer, I just kind of like, am willing to believe that, that that'll move itself out over time. Yeah. I like him too. Um, he's, you know, not somebody who like jumps out at me, but mm. Um, he, it, I definitely have him with a, you know, draftable grade. He's, you know, late first, early second. I could see definitely picking him there. Like I said, needs to shoot better, but he is 80% from the free throw line. So, exactly. you know, that's, uh, that's pretty solid. And um, he rebounds well, does some, some nice playmaking, a lot of steals. So those are all good signs uh, for a potential rotation guard. You know, I think the way he scores too is like valuable in the NBA, like, especially if people can't key in on him and pack the paint, you know, obviously played at a smaller school and mm -hmm. I, 
like people were throwing out the like CJ McCollum comps and stuff like that because it's like a shorter two guard. It's like, no, he's he's not CJ, but um, if he was, you know, the first guard off the bench as sort of a Jordan Clarkson type, right? I think that that still got some value for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. This is another one where you realistically could have easily thrown him in the wings also. And I know Yoda will not love this guy, but Dalen Terry out of Arizona. Six foot seven. He didn't really do much for a lot of the year. He was like the fourth cog on a team that was pretty darn good. Uh, it says a lot about where he is. I think people have seen some highlights here and like grossly overinflated him that people have even mentioned him like lottery. I think that's a little crazy to me. Uh, you can't beat out Estonian superstar Kerr Kreisa as sort of the primary ball handler on a team where Kerr actually like shot them out of multiple games this year. Mm-hmm. When Carissa went down, you saw Terry as sort of the primary initiator. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, this this looks pretty good here. So it's a very small sample size, but a six, seven guy with length and some wiggle to him. And I think the jump shot is, is probably a little better than the percentages look this year, too. It looks clean. Uh I, I think this is a guy that if he ended up at 28th or something, and the Wizards found themselves with a pick in that range, and they wanted to shoot for a guy with with some upside that mm-hmm. You know, it, this is the dude from everybody talked about Josh Primo last year, where the Spurs took him at 12. It surprised everyone, but they were basically drafting him based on where they thought he'd be with another year of college basketball. I think your Dalen Terry is that sort of this guy um, where if he were the star next year's Arizona team, we might feel differently. Yeah. Next year's so lottery. I have him with a you know pretty solid first round grade. Like, oh, OK, I'm surprised picking, picking. I mean, like outside the lottery, but still, yeah. you know, I would pick him as early as like 1920, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um He's um, I'm a little surprised to hear you talk about his shooting that way because he he shot, uh, you know, I have him at 57 percent on twos, 36 percent from three, which is not great, but that's that's not bad. But I like the rest of his line, you know, and I do have him as a wing, by the way, but um, we're talking seven rebounds per 40, 5.6 assists, which is um, pretty good for for a wing. You know, he'll probably I guess he could play guard. Um, I thought he was a little bigger. And that's why I put him in with the wings, but he's, he, he he's like six foot seven legitimately, but yeah. uh, his, his best moments this year were they just said, here, take the ball, run our offense. And yeah. again, very small sample size for that while their point guard was out. But yeah. that's when I was like, Oh, okay. Now, now yeah. we got something here. And I think that's yeah. where you maximize that value that, that makes people maybe see him. Yeah. Even the big higher. thing that jumps out to me, the reason why, like his stat line, non-scoring stat line in his percentages would suggest a guy who should be much higher in the draft. The reason he's not is because his usage was ultra low. Um, we're talking about just 11 and a half points per 40 minutes. Um, just 11 point, you know, he, he used very few possessions and um, that kind of low, like Otto Porter was high usage in comparison. So he's a guy that has some skill. He's the kind of guy, you know, you could pick you, maybe you would probably want more aggression out of him and uh you know more more usage otherwise i mean he could probably be three and d um maybe a little bit of play he definitely has some playmaking in there but like i said that that usage is really low okay i was actually a little surprised by that because i thought the like you know eight points a game usage was so low that that maybe that would kind of throw him off but if you're doing it by per 40 he does probably look a lot a lot better um so Andrew Nemhart is the next one I have on here. Uh, to me, this is a guy I've liked since he was at Florida. He's a big point guard. Doesn't need the ball a lot, but he can do a lot of things with the ball. Uh, just sort of 
okay coming in right away, I think, as just like a very good backup point guard, you know, not needing a ton of usage, but like very solid and just I, again, I, I'm I'm one of those fans where like I don't want to see in a perfect world another 5'11 backup point guard. So having a six foot four guy does sound appealing to me. Mm-hmm. And I just trust Nemhard being able to like know when to pick his spots. You know, he's kind of like the fourth option realist, uh, realistically on that Gonzaga team. So the fact that you kind of already know your place and how to fit in and, and when to go and when not to go, I, I think is actually like a valuable skill for a guy who could kind of come in and play right away. I do think the upside is is lower than those last couple guys if, if they hit. But I also think maybe there's probably a little bit of a higher floor with him as well. Yeah, plus, uh, you know, he could he could add to the Gonzaga right. contingent, uh, with and the he's French. Yeah, I think oh, right. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. good. Um, yeah. So I have him a little lower than that. I have him, you know, basically like a second round pick. Mm. Um, you know, maybe even borderline. Um, you know, whether again, this is like you know, because for one thing, he's a senior. Um, so that sort of pushes him down a little bit. Sure. The idea being that uh, the upside isn't quite there, but he can really shoot it. That's true. You know, the 38% from three isn't like outstanding, but it's pretty good. But he 87% from the line is excellent. Um, you know, good assist numbers. There's a lot to like there. I mean, he's the kind of guy where I could definitely see this being like another Desmond Bain kind of pick where, um, you know, Yoda doesn't that, you know, sort of pushes him down because he's a little older mm-hmm. and, um, then he comes into the NBA and he's actually kind of more NBA ready. And so he, he can come in and play immediately. That's certainly possible. He was kind of a raw guy coming in. I'm still a reasonably high recruit, but he started Florida and just didn't really look exactly like he knew what to do yet. So I, mm-hmm. I think the polished kind of poised guy we see now, it took a while to get there. It took a while for the shooting to come around too. It was just sort of like, all right, you're a big guard. Now what do you do with the ball? You know? So I, yeah. I think he's really, worked on that kind of facet of his game of like being an offensive consideration for, for scouting reports. So I'm, you know, if he's just solid enough and you take him at 33 or something, or Mm -hmm. consensus mock has him 43. So I think there's a reasonable chance that he lasts longer than that. The reporting recently has been that he had that one really good combine scrimmage. And then that's, you know, inflated him to like late first, early second. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of get it at the very least. Uh, the last one I have in this tier of guys is Ty Ty Washington. I just kind of don't get it. I watched a ton of Kentucky this year, and I know everyone's going to do, well, you watched late in the year where he'd already hurt his leg. It's like, no, I watched a lot, and I just sort of didn't get it. He's got decent enough size. He is super long. He's not a great athlete. The shot just looks kind of weird to me. I mean, he shot okay, I, I guess, um, and and definitely better before the lower leg stuff. So I don't know if your biggest selling point offensively is like you have a really strong floater game. I'm just sort of out on you in general. He looked apathetic defensively. He did have to play off ball a lot this year next to again, midget point guard, severe Wheeler and Ty Ty looked considerably better when they were just like here, be the guy while Wheeler was out. So and that, that's probably like coloring some of my, thoughts on him and everyone will do that but kentucky guards work out really well also when they don't they don't uh there's the harrison twins there's tyler Eulis, there's archie goodwin i mean like i I can do just as many guys that didn't turn into anything from kentucky as ones who did so yeah yeah 
Um, it's funny that that there's this like rumor or theory that Kentucky guards do better in the pros when you know their system is pretty much designed to right. maximize what guards do. You know, they yep. they still are playing that dribble drive motion thing, mm -hmm. and so um, they want the guards to do a lot. And yeah. so the guards really should have a lot of opportunities to create and put up numbers and and do all kinds of things. I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think I have Ty Ty, you know, solid first round pick. Um, he's looks like a decent prospect, but I kind of I, I definitely see in the numbers. It's just like kind of, eh, you know, he, below 50 percent on twos, 35 percent from three, 75 percent from the from the free throw line. And. You know, just nothing really outstanding. He's, you know, decent, some playmaking, a little bit of rebounding. Like you say, the, nothing pops defensively. It's just kind of like, you know, he it, he seems like somebody that if he really works on his game, works on his skills, sure, he could be, he could probably become a good pro, but that's, you kind of could say that about just about anyone in the draft, right? It's like, you know, any legit NBA level athlete, if they work hard enough, they can become a good player, right? So, um, you know, he's got a chance. I, I wouldn't want to pick him like say where the wizards are same picking 10th, but I think if you're picking in like the twenties, sure. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of range where I'm at. There's a whole flux of those guys where if he fell on draft night, because somebody valued a couple of those other guys, we just talked about more for something they did. Like I, I could see that, but I also, if some team took him at 24, I wouldn't give them a hard time for, for any no, reason. I mean, if they picked them at 24, I suspect they would be getting potentially a, a you know, potential value because yeah. I think that he could, he could be a good pro. Yep. Um, but I, you know, in terms of how we're evaluating and ranking the prospects, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't put him like in that, like the, you know, near the top of the draft, I wouldn't put him in the lottery. Yeah, I mean, that's a second tier guard for me and sort of a wide ranging tier for the most part, just because I actually think this is a weaker guard draft than most. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be very upfront that these are the kinds of guys I miss on the most because I just think someone like him, if he doesn't shoot it at a high level, I think he has a very tough time in the NBA. Uh, and to be honest, I I whiffed on the Tyrese Halliburton one. I was like, please, please, please take Devin Vassell. That's the guy. Um because I had watched enough Iowa State that he had to take so many deep threes because of his form. It made me very nervous about how he would get shots off at the NBA level. And that's obviously not been remotely a concern at all. Yeah. yeah. So, eh, you know, so, sometimes you, you try to make a call for the right reason. Now, I mean, I still had him as a lottery pick. I just yeah. didn't think he'd be a top five guy. And I know you no, were, much, him, you were much, much right. higher on him than I was yeah. for sure. No, I had him right at the top of the draft. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in this draft, he wouldn't he would have been like probably top five, you know, yeah. he's probably top five in most of Cause that draft year, if I recall correctly, it was like they were missing the top five um, yeah. prospects. And so, you know, he and LaMelo ball were right there at the top, but um, yeah, I obviously I thought the wizards should have picked him where they were picking instead of uh, Denny Abdia. Mm -hmm. But, and I think the wizards would be much better off had they done so, but yeah, I could, I could definitely see what people were talking about because, you know, I remember when he popped up so high and then people started, you know, like yourself started telling me, well, you got a, his shot is really funky. And I looked at it and I was like, okay, it's really funky, but it goes it in a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and, and Ty Ty's in a similar boat. He made a good percentage. Now, I mean, not, wasn't a sharpshooter, but it's not like he looked like somebody from the numbers with a broken jump shot, but it, it's yeah. like weirdly 
kind of far out from his face, kind of push shoddy. And that always just like weirds me out a little bit about how that will work from like four feet further away against quicker, longer guys. So anyway, I'll I'll probably end up being wrong on him when he's like on his like fourth all-star game, but that's okay. All right, next year, guys, I have, this is sort of my 40 through 60 ish range give or take uh yeah so i have jean montero from the overtime elite yeah. he could be really good the highlights look really good i just haven't been able to watch enough of him that i would personally feel uncomfortable representing him much higher than that if he ended better i also maybe wouldn't totally be shocked but they played against high school teams so your numbers should be good against yeah. high school teams if you're yeah. air quotes a pro so uh, yeah. he's sort of still a mystery to me to be honest yeah, I, I'm saying very similar. It's like I looked at the numbers that they had available, and yeah, they were like eye-poppingly outstanding. But like you said, what's the level of competition here? You know, if you were to take, say, Kennedy Chandler, right, and throw him in against high school teams, he's likely to put up, say, four steals per 40 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to absolutely dominate any of these guys. Would. Dyson Daniels against high school kids and probably just destroy them, right? And so... And I, I would look, I've seen like NBA prospects. I played against like back in the day, guys who ended up in the NBA being really good in the NBA and watched them against like high and watched them against high school competition and played against them as mm-hmm. a high schooler, you know, in the same age group. And yeah, those guys were, were wrecking balls, right? Like Alonzo Mourning, I, I've talked about him before. He blocked my shot. <laughs> He blocked everybody's shot. I yeah, mean, we're right. talking Alonzo had triple doubles of things like, you know, 28 points, 29 rebounds, 28 block shots <laughs> in high school games. Right. Yeah. So that's the kind of like numbers that you can, you could see. Sure. I mean, could you imagine in a high school game, some kid blocking 25 shots? Well, it's well yeah, it's basically just throwing every ball into his hand. Yeah. I mean, he did that against the uh, Russian national team and the Russian national team, you know, the junior team, they sure. started three guys along their front line who were 6'10 or taller. Yeah. And Alonzo at 6'9 blocked 28 shots against them. So, you know, that's the kind of like pro level player going mm-hmm. against high school kids that you could, you, you, you could see. And, you know, sometimes it works the other way too. I remember watching a prep school game where Anthony Simons, um, played and, and didn't look particularly good. And he got beat out. Like he got significantly outplayed by a guy that's playing at sacred heart right now, which, you know, he's still a solid division one player, but yeah. I, I, you know, I don't think anybody was like necessarily seeing Simons early in that prep school year and thinking like, Oh, okay, this is a, you know, potential future all-star. Now, obviously that changed as the year went on and he played better teams and, and stuff like that, but still it, it, yeah. I, I can, I can totally admit here that I may be wrong, but the fact that I just don't know enough would give me sort of a risk protected, you know, somewhere in the second round, mid to second round range. Yeah. And with Montero, there's a, there are a few things that sort of do show up even in the numbers that were available that would at least cause, be cause for, you know, a pause or at least not to pick him like, you know, in the first round. Right. And so like against a low level of competition, his offensive efficiency was really poor, um, you know, 27.5% from three-point range. These are the numbers that they've reported. Now, lots of rebounds and assists and steals and turnovers. Um, so, you know, there's that. And then one other thing is at the combine, his agility tested out on the low side. So mm-hmm. um, that's 
maybe that was an effort issue. Maybe he wasn't, you know, completely ready. Although, you know, what is overtime elite doing? Yeah, exactly. You should, preparing? you should be most ready. Yeah. Yeah. So, th- there, so that would be a little bit of a concern is that if he's not like a, a, an outstanding athlete and the skills are lacking in terms of like shooting on the other hand, he did, you know, the, he's a similar profile in a sense to Dyson Daniels in that he rebounds and he, you know, assists. And like I said, a lot of steals, but it's, it's like, again, the competition level is a, is definitely a concern. So I would be willing to pick him with, you know, in the second round, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't take him high in the second round yeah. and I wouldn't definitely wouldn't use a first round pick on him. Yeah. If he was 40... based on what I know, based on what I know, exactly. now, teams may have more information and may, have a better read, but based on what I have, that's, that's where I would have him. This is a player that did work out for the wizards. You know, he could have looked really good. I haven't heard anything specifically about that workout um, one way or the other. So I tend to think it probably didn't blow anybody away if we didn't hear some kind of rumbling in that, but you know, we'll, we'll see, I guess. All right. So I've got four more guys in this tier and just so we don't spend an hour and 45 minutes on all these cards, I'm just going to rattle these four off and tell me if you, like any of them or had a draftable grade on any of them. So yeah. next one I have is JD Davison out of Alabama. Didn't put up particularly good numbers. Yeah, good, good. I like him at kind of borderline, but okay. yeah, I could see picking him in the second round. He's a ridiculous athlete and he's got decent size. He played like a bull in a China shop. If, you know, if, if any of the actual skills stuff come around, he's got the physical profile to do it. So that's sort of the sales case at, Hey, if you're 45 and you need a guard project, that's the guy. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got Jordan Hall out of St. Joe's. He's six foot eight, only a six foot nine wingspan, which is sort of a little bit um, tougher to imagine. Not a great athlete, but he just like does some really creative, crazy passing stuff. And he played with like one of the worst Division One teams that I watched in person this year by a pretty good margin, and would be like hitting a guy in the face as they were cutting through the lane with a bounce pass with his left hand, like, or like a live dribble pass, like, and they just didn't see it coming. It, you know, it just, he was like two, two steps ahead of everybody he played with decent kind of spot up shooter. Um, but he's also kind of slow. And like I said, not a great athlete. So I don't know if, if you just want to take a shot on a bigger guard, um, mm-hmm. Hall's a guy I wouldn't be as shocked. Somebody took late second round. Yeah. Yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah. So who else you got? Al- Alanis Williams, Wake Forest, super mm-hmm. springy, athletic, did some yeah. creative stuff. He's not going to get drafted highly because he can't particularly shoot and uh, he's older, but yeah. he does some exciting stuff. He'll also put you on a poster. Um, mm-hmm. So again, in the, the late second round, wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, kind of borderline. I could see him being a really good yeah, I, he'll probably get drafted, but if not, he'd be a great pickup, uh, you know, as a trial for, um, you know, as an undrafted free agent. If he's a dude that's like destroying the G League two years from now, uh, I wouldn't be shocked and, and yeah. get some call ups along the way. This hey, is a guy. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. Um, we had to get one Terry Taylor reference in at least this yes. podcast we were doing. Uh, this is a guy I think I'm way higher on than pretty much anybody in the world. Uh, he's 77th in consensus mock. Tevin Brown out of Murray State. Plays on ball, off ball, shoots it at a really high level, really good movement shooter, which I think is sort of uh, particularly helpful for a guy like him coming in. And I I just see him being like, if Garrison Matthews could pass the ball at a high level, like that's the kind of vibe I get for him and the role he could play, you know, almost right away for an NBA team. 
Yeah, I have him among wings, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I and then I have him pretty much borderline. So okay. you know, like same same ish general yeah. range. Right? Okay. All right, and then I'm again. Th- these are guys that if we saw them on a two way, it wouldn't shock me. Uh, Iverson Molinar, Mississippi State. Jamari Bouye, San Francisco, Scotty Pippen Jr., Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, if any of them ended up on the go-go or something next year, I'd be very happy with that. Then you could make a case for a Colin Gillespie, Villanova, James Akinjo, formerly of Georgetown and Arizona, and now Baylor. Um, so n- none of these guys are, are ones I would draft necessarily, but um, you know, if, if they were starting on our G League team, I think I'd be happy with that. Yeah. So where do you have guys like um, you know, Wendell Moore? Um, more more had as a wing okay you got him as a wing i have him uh, among guards yep he, he's a very him. creative wing uh, is how i would put it a guy that could run some offense for you like nick batumi yeah. kind of stuff yeah i could i i can sort of see that in the numbers because he rebounds pretty well yeah. which is um kind of surprising for like a duke guard but mm-hmm. if he's more wing than um yeah duke is um was pretty famous you know people talk about <clears throat> You know, the uh, Kentucky suppressing guards, I, I can remember like J.J. Redick did almost nothing like I'm almost zero rebounding, zero assists. I mean, nothing except shoot. shoot the ball. Yeah. And then he gets to the NBA and he can do a little bit of all these other things, too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, OK. Um, so how about like Trevor Keels? So the, the two I had is just guys I just don't like. So I left them off my board because I don't like them are Trevor Keels and Hugo Basson out of the um, NBL, the New Zealand Breakers. Keels, yes. I just thought benefited from bully balling people. And I didn't, I just don't see how the way he plays now particularly translates. Now, if some team took him at 40, I have yeah. no issue with it. It's just a guy I didn't like watching play and didn't kind of see it. So I just left him off entirely. Yeah. So I've kind of got my own little weird system here. Like I, I don't have any problem with him being in that second, you know, after 40 ish kind mm-hmm. of range. Same with Hugo. Uh, I just saw him as a Basan as a guy that just like, he just sort of a chucker. Um, now he made a lot of tough shots too, but it just didn't do it for me. So I left yeah. him off. Yeah. With Basan, uh, he's, like at very close to the bottom of the Yoda rankings. He mm-hmm. Yoda really didn't, did not like him at all. I think when I rated him, I rated him last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he came out better this year. He was, I mean, just awful offensive efficiency yeah. and just not much else. I, I don't see any, a, a lot of <clears throat> upside unless he's like a freak athlete, um, which he's not. Okay. He, I, he's I, like poor man's Marco Bellinelli, if that makes oh sense. God. Like if Bellinelli didn't hit um, a high percentage of threes at this point in his life. Yeah. I mean, he, he shot 30% on threes or 31% in the, in the Australian league. And so, you know, it's a good league, but. Where did yeah. you have Keels? Kim? Keels. I've got him like borderline. Like if somebody were pick pretty much where you did. So if somebody's picking him in like, you know, 45 or later, mm-hmm. or he's an undrafted free agent, I think, you know, there's a chance that he could be, um, decent. He's got to shoot better. Um, yeah. You know, just thirty-one percent from three and sixty-seven percent from the free throw line. But he also rebounded pretty well. He, there's some playmaking. So I mean, there's there's something there that you know I could see. He also did not test well athletically right. in the combine. So yeah. that's a, a little bit of a concern, and which which downgrades him. So you know, I but I wouldn't like pick him in the first round. But if like I said, forty-five or later, yeah, sure. 
Same. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. All right, let's pivot over here to the forwards, unless there's anybody else you had on the list that we didn't talk about. No, I think we've hit it. All right, cool. All right, forwards. Um, mine's going to be different than yours, so I, I know that right off the bat here. I had two guys I could make the case for top three. I've been pretty consistent that uh, Paulo Banquero is the number one player on my board overall. I don't know that he'll be the best player from this draft, but he's the guy I would be able to make the strongest case for for the first pick. I think he's a much better shooter than he showed. I think you saw that the last 10 to 15 games or so. He was basically, I mean, like the same way Wendell Moore played some amount of like creator for Duke. Uh, ben Carroll was sort of like their main offensive hub too. And there were situations in the tournament where like they basically had him being like college Nikola Jokic and just like running the offense out of the high post. And uh, I, I just... I just buy it, right? I think with more space, he's going to look even more impressive when people can't kind of pack the paint and get in his way. I think people have a hard time staying in front of him. He's ready to go right away. And again, just a six foot 10 guy that's physically strong. I think actually the jump shot looks really good to me, whether he'll make them or not is always a question mark. But if you can just create offense for yourself and others like that, I just think that's harder to find than the rest of these guys. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I, certainly he's a high, high, high prospect, right? He's you know top five player in Yoda. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the other guys ahead of him are basically all forwards, so yeah. you know, <laughs> figure that in in there. But um, this is one where I suspect that Yoda is going to be uh, like completely wrong in this because uh, you know he looks like a really good player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly when you like watch him play. He, he looks just terrific. Right. So um, I suspect that, that Yoda has him too low, but you know, his offense Five's still not bad. Right. I mean, well, I, yeah, but what I'm saying is I think like, as I look at this, you know, his offensive efficiency is a little below average for, for college. Um, you know, he didn't shoot it well from two or three, you know, a little below average, right. His free throw shooting again, a little on the low side. Now, maybe that's something where, you know, it gets better. Um, I can definitely see, you know, he rebounded decently. Um, some playmaking, the only guy I have among the forwards who produced more assists per 40 was uh, Nikola Jovic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, that's pretty good. Not a lot on the defensive end, though. You know, yeah. a few steals, very little shot blocking for a guy who's 6'10". Um, so I, I definitely, like I said, when you watch him play, he's impressive. I think he's going to be a good pro. And, you know, we'll see. He's got good size, that's for sure. And he's he's skilled. So, and he's young still. I don't think he'll ever make an all defensive team, but Duke did a lot of like, hey, let's funnel everyone to Mark Williams who can also block out the sun. And yes, I think that kind of helps take away some of those stocks numbers, you know, but yeah. again, he's not going to be, I don't know, uh, Mikhail Bridges or somebody, you know, at, right. at the next level. Um, yeah. yeah. Two on here, I have Jabari Smith. I just think the shooting from a guy that size, it makes you sort of like the low floor, or excuse me, the, the high floor. At the very least, he's an athletic guy who will defend from the forward position and hit threes. And if he does more than that, great. The shooting um, is just, it's that good, I think. The the way he hits sort of these tough, like off one shoulder, you know, turn around, like he just... I don't know. It's stuff you can't see from a lot of guys, his size. And I think the fact that he did that so smoothly without having like real point guards, like Zed Jasper and Wendell green uh, just were kind of a hot mess all year, realistically. And both of them um, had sort of varying things. 
uh, Wendell Green really seemed to think that he was like Damian Lillard 2.0 and mm. played that way. So yeah, Jabari yeah. did what he did without anybody like really creating for him. And, and I think that's um, that gives me even more hope that if one, if he can dribble at all and create for himself, he becomes mm-hmm. even more valuable. Yeah. Yeah. So I can definitely see what you're talking about with the shooting, you know, 42% from three, almost 80% from the free throw line. The one thing that has him sort of going uh, rated a little lower in Yoda is the 43.5% on twos. And mm. that's a, a bit of a concern for somebody who's supposed to be fairly athletic. Sure. Um, and because you would want him one to be athletic enough to get to the, get to the yeah. rim. Now I understand college basketball is, is quite a bit different. And especially mm-hmm. if you have crappy guards and they can pack the paint, that makes it tougher, but he's not, he's shooting a high level from, uh, you know, from two point range. Yeah. And uh, so that's a little bit of a concern. Um, that said, he's got good volume from three. He got to the free throw line at a pretty decent rate. So, I mean, he's a really good prospect again, top five, uh, grade on him. So it's not like I'm saying he's going to stink. I'm just saying that the two point percentage is a little bit of a concern. Yeah. And he, he just took some bad shots too, realistically, like a lot of, you know, just why would you do that? But again, I'm, I'm choosing to think that if you had somebody like looking to really, if he had Kennedy Chandler getting in the ball instead, maybe he looks, um, you know, a little different, but Again, his defensive numbers, uh, you know, the defense of the steals, you know, not super high, but they're they're decent and decent blocks, too. So, I mean, he's he looks like a well-rounded player overall. And like you say, he can definitely shoot the ball. There is no question about that. He's a good shooter of the guys we'll talk about here in this sort of top three ish range in Bankero, Jabari, Keegan Murray. He just looks like the guy best equipped to play high level defense, like from a physical tool standpoint, whether or not he actually does, we'll we'll see. But uh, another similar thing with him, I think, you know, we'll maybe talk about him in uh, on on your pod here uh, later on. But uh, Walker Kessler was another guy where they just funnel everyone to him and let him like just, you know, Hoover vacuum the ball into his giant hands. So I think that that takes care of it. So do you have uh, Holmgren uh, as a center? I do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have him among the forwards, but you know, it's one of those things where like, look, is he going to have to probably play four right away? Yeah. If I think his best case version of him, I I think he's probably needs to play mostly a five, but that that's sort of where I think he'll end up longer term. Um, Like if he's closing out a playoff game, I think he's probably playing the five for somebody. Yeah. I can see that. Um, But again, that that's a, uh, He's a four and a half to me, if that makes sense. Like he just, um, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I no, I, I think that's right. Especially as he puts on, you know, muscle, um, assuming he does <laughs> that, uh, that makes complete sense to me that he would be among centers. In fact, I'm going to sh- switch him over to center. Um, uh, you know, it, you're, it, you're you know you, when you're that big, I just figure like, all right, um, who does he project as? If you could say he's the Porzingis type guy, like, does Porzingis play some four? Yeah, but where do you really want him in a perfect world? Um, yeah. All right, so I have the next tier down in a person, a tier all by himself. I have Keegan Murray. Uh, anywhere in the top six to me is just a, a reasonable bet. I think you're obviously going to talk very highly about Keegan in a second, so I'll give a very quick, here's why I like him. I don't care how he looks physically or athletically or any of that kind of stuff. 
he was a very productive basketball player. There's room to grow. He's been a late bloomer, so I expect that he'll keep getting better. Um, in an NBA strength and conditioning program, he's going to get quicker and a little bouncier, probably, I would think. And, you know, he just he figured out how to, like, be good defensively by being in good positions, by having a high IQ. And it was on a team that's not known for defense and a coaching staff that's not particularly known for defense. So the fact that he was an impact player on that end, I think, says a lot about him and what he'll be able to do. I called him like supersized uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. And again, they're not the same player, but just the same way that Bogdanovic had that couple year stretch where like he was like LeBron stopper in the playoffs because mm-hmm. He was just smart enough to kind of be annoying and be in the right places. Like, I think that's how Murray will be productive for people. He's not going to like, you know, um, look like the longest, strongest, quickest guy. But uh, if you know how to play, I think you can make up for a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, he he has the top grade in Yoda and um, he looks like, I mean, his efficiency is just like outrageous. His offensive efficiency and he did high usage. Mm-hmm. We're talking, you know, 29 points per 40 minutes um, with a 131 offensive rating, which is just outrageous. I mean, it's crazy. 61% um, effective field goal percentage, 62% on twos, almost mm-hmm. 40% on threes, 75% from the free throw line. Um, he also, you know, in good volume on all, um, you know, we're talking almost six, uh, three-point attempts per 40, got to the free throw line almost seven times per 40. Um, those are all good numbers. His rebounding is outstanding, gets a lot of offensive rebounds too, um, which is which is impressive. Um, steals, good. Blocks, very good. Mm-hmm. Doesn't turn it over, um, in part because he doesn't do any passing. Uh, <laughs> you know, his, that, that would be the one hole in his game, right, yeah. that I can see, or in his numbers, I should say. You know, because I haven't evaluated his his game or his physicality or anything like that, because he didn't participate in the combine. But so his playmaking would be a big question mark. But we're talking about a guy who can shoot it. He can he can score on a on a pretty high volume. Doesn't turn it over. I mean, this is a really good looking prospect, and I suspect that whoever ends up taking him, I don't think he'll go number one. Uh, you know, he'll probably go fifth, sixth, something like that. And I think whoever ends up taking him is going to be really happy with him. I would be very shocked if this is a guy that doesn't have like a productive 10 year NBA career like that. Yeah. That just seems pretty safe I mean, to me. Yeah. Players with this kind of a profile, uh, you know, will typically end up going to multiple all-star games. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I think he's he's got a chance to be a really, really, really good pro. I I think I'm a little lower about like where the ceiling is, but I could see him being a good third, fourth starter on team for most of his career. Um, yeah. You know, which is still, Hey, if you get that with the sixth pick, I think you take it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I suspect that he has um, a higher upside than that, sure. but I can definitely see, you know, the point. It's one of those things too, where people will watch the one tournament game where he was bad and they were bad and they were clearly unprepared for a team that had just been hot and was veteran and smart and mm-hmm. had like a clear game plan for him. And, and anybody that didn't really watch him, the narratives turned into like, oh, he just like bully balled a lot of people. It's like, this is a guy that realistically could have been conference player of the year in a good conference. And I'm sure was in the top 10 for college player of the year for a reason. He didn't just bully ball his way to 25 points a game. Like there's a lot more there. The shooting was relatively elite. I think at least from like an efficiency standpoint. And, and I I just, 
Yeah. I mean, he the, these shooting percentages are excellent. Like he's ninety uh, fifth plus percentile, I would think, in pretty much every category you could think of offensively. Yeah, I mean, but among the like the guys I have with draftable grades, like he's got, uh, you know, of, of the forwards, he's got the the top two point percentage. The you know the only guy who shot better from three was uh, Jabari Smith. Um, you know, he's he's up there in you know average, a little above average free throw shooting. Um, you know, he rebounds better than anybody else. You know, Tari Eason is the only other forward who is basically the same in rebounding, you know, per 40, um, you know, and then, you know, in terms of, you know, stocks again, he's, he's, uh, at the top. I mean, this is just, he looks like a really good player and, you know, unless there's like something physically that I'm missing or, <laughs> you know, whatever. Cause like I said, he did not go to the participate in the combine. So he does not appear that. to be an elite athlete. I would say is probably a safe way to categorize that, but I don't think he's like, I don't know, some unathletic bomb or something. Right. I mean, but if he's not like deficient, that's, that's what I'm th- saying. Cause like uh, Paul Pierce, for example, did not sure. appear to be uh, an elite athlete and he obviously had a terrific uh, pro career. He's so, probably on par with like Rui athletically, I would say, somewhere in that mold. Well, if he's that good, uh, that strong athletically, and with this kind of production, I like I said, I I think you know a future All Star is not out of the question. I like it. Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna really shake us up here because the next stretch of my board is going to be very different than yours. Um, I can pretty much guarantee that without having seen it. Uh, I have this sort of next tier of guys. It's five names. And I basically just has this this as like the 10 through 30 range. Um, uh, and I, depending on the team and how you see them and workouts and some of these other things we're not privy to, I, I can see a case for them in kind of anywhere in that stretch. But I have EJ Liddell next. Uh, mm. I've just sort of become a like I've been sort of like higher on Malachi Branham than folks for longer than most, I would say. And the more I watched Ohio State, the more I'm like, damn, okay. EJ Liddell makes sense to me. And just watching this playoffs, I just kind of see that that archetype like being valuable. Mm-hmm. Like it's if if it, if Grant Williams was a better athlete and a weak side shot blocker. Now Grant Williams hasn't really been good for the last couple weeks necessarily, but what we saw in the Bucks series, like that's where Liddell Liddell is to me. I think he can shoot it. I think he can create a little bit. Um, not maybe the best on ball defender that you'd ever want, but he destroys people weak side, and he's like six foot seven. Uh, and, and this is a guy that they told him, go work on your shooting, get more athletic, uh, last year's, you know, pre-draft process. And he came back and did all those things. And is by all accounts, like a super worker. So I think he'll even continue to get better. So I'm I'm just a big fan. So I, I mean, he, he wouldn't have been next on my list, but, um, I agree with where you have him. I think he's a, he's a good, good prospect. He's like small for a forward, but he did test out like at the combine. He he tested out, you know, well above well, average yeah. with agility and and vertical. So yeah. I mean, he's plays bigger, and then he was efficient offensively on you know pretty high usage. Shot the ball pretty well, um, rebounded well, got some assists. Um, I the steals were really low, but he blocked a ton of shots. Three point mm-hmm. one per forty. Um, I like him. I mean, he's he's undersized, and yet with all those blocks, it just. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see definitely picking him in that, in that like I would probably say like fifteen to thirty. But sure. he's a first round pick for sure. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of where I'm at on all these guys. Like I, I know the two I have at the bottom of this tier are the two that will go the highest, but I, 
there are some questions I have. So yeah. um, I, I have Sohan and Terry Eason, uh, Tari Eason um, mm-hmm. at the, as the last two guys in this tier. Now I know that they'll go lottery-ish. Um, Sohan probably higher than Eason even, but um, I, I still have them a little lower and we'll get to them in a second, I guess. So I have Jake LaRavia at Awake Forest next. Again, um, this has become like a trendy hipster Apparently, I got called a hipster on the Bulls Forever board the other day for saying I liked him, um, which is fine. Uh, he's six foot eight. He's a better athlete than people give him credit for. He's pretty quick um, yeah. laterally. The shooting is really impressive. I think it, I think he shot a pretty good percentage this year, but it just looked good. The volume wasn't particularly high, but I think the math checks out there. And yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah. I was going to say he's everything to me that we like hyped Denny to be like, by the way, like for everyone who who wants to say, like they thought Denny would be this great defender. That's not what he was billed as. He was billed as like this point forward, come in, grab and go create for people in transition. Like LaRavia does those things. Um, He's a solid enough positional defender. I don't think again, he's ever going to be like a all defense guy or anything like that, or the best defender in your starting five. But I think he'll be solid enough as a sort of team defender. Uh, and And, but he does all the other kind of point forwardy kind of creationy things that that I think we build Denny as plus a jump shot. So if the defense is is solid, I just don't see how this isn't a guy that ends up like really good. He's projected 28th in consensus mock. I'm just expecting like the Bucks to draft this guy and he'll be starting in an NBA finals for them in like three years. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I have LaRavia among um, wings. Mm, I have him as okay. a wing. Okay, so totally um, fair, by the way. But, in part because of the, exactly what you just described, which is the playmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he does that. He shoots well. I like him. Um, and I think he, I have him with a solid first round grade, like pick him in 20, somewhere in there. Um, you know, he's, he's looks like a pretty good prospect to me. And um, yeah, he's the guy that if like, if the wizards traded back and ended up with like LaRavia and Kennedy Chandler, I would say that they'd done pretty well. Yeah, I, I think uh, somebody in a mock draft we did for Bolts Forever traded back and ended up with LaRavia at 30 and felt pretty good about it. So, um, yeah. yeah, no, I, at 30, I think that that would be home run. That would be a real value. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. The next one I have here is just kind of to piss off all of the other uh, Wizards fans listening to this. Nikola Jovich, uh, Nikola Jovich, uh, it just because it's funny to me. I don't actually know that he's better than these next two guys, but. You're six foot ten. You make tough shots. Like he projects as like a Brandon Ingram kind of offensive um, style player, but he also creates for guys a little bit. Now, like not a crazy wingspan, but if you're already six ten and mobile, I don't know that you'd need a crazy wingspan. So, um, you know, I, I could just see like the tough shot making from a six foot ten guy being valuable in today's NBA. Whether or not he defends at all in the NBA, still a very big question. I don't know that he will, but. I would take a shot on it somewhere yeah, so, 25 or something. Yeah. I have him lower than that. Um, yeah. it, Cause the numbers just were not impressive. Yeah. So, you know, tough That's league right. and all that kind of stuff, but he didn't shoot well. Mm-hmm. Um, not a, an impressive uh, free throw shooter. Yeah. Um, good size, definitely good size for a forward. Um, didn't really rebound all that well, but like I said, a lot, plenty of, like you said, plenty of playmaking, um, almost nothing in terms of the defensive numbers. <laughs> yeah, like that sounds about you know, right. The math checks steal, out there. It's like the, he gets the number of steals that you get when you're just kind of like it, when the other you're there throws you the ball. right? <laughs> yeah. So, and then also for somebody that big um, to not block shots is a 
little concerning potentially and a ton of turnovers, right? Like he 5.1 assists, but per 40 and 4.4 turnovers. <laughs> I think you could easily put him in the wings category here too, just sort of offensively. That's yeah. more what he is. I, I just figured there's no way he guards most threes in the NBA, just foot yeah. speed wise. So I'd throw him as a forward, but you know, I, I just, the NBA values offensive guys, right? And I think it's, it's it's tougher to find guys at his size with that potential skill set. Whether or not he actually makes those shots longer term, we'll see. Yeah. But right, um, well, you know, that that that's kind of where I'm at. He'll he's projected twenty. He'll probably go somewhere in that range. Could someone yeah. like him and take him eighteen? Could someone not like him and he drops to twenty seven? I wouldn't be shocked either way. Yeah, I expect him to be a first round pick, and you know the scouts could well be right in terms yeah. of his potential and just in terms of what he did last year in in Liga ABA uh is not that impressive so it's not like um oh I'm blanking on his name right now but he Houston picked him like 16th um from the Turkish league Shengun. yeah Shengun, um where the the production was just absolutely outrageous right uh that that, that was not Jovic so Jovic you're picking a little bit more on faith exactly and and to be honest with you Shengun was another guy I was higher on, or excuse me, it was lower on than almost everybody. I know you were much higher on than, than I was because I just didn't sort of value what he did on an NBA floor. And I think that's the opposite of Jovic, where the numbers are way worse, the production's way worse. Mm-hmm. But if he ends up doing those things well, I think NBA teams will have a harder time finding that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tari Eason is who I have next. I've gotten a I don't know. So many people have come at me with like, you have to like Tarice and he should be higher. So now I've gone kind of the other way to just be like a wizard's draft Twitter villain um, for, <laughs> for hating on somebody's, somebody's guy here. But to me, he's like more athletic Trevor Booker. I don't know. Um, he'll be like hyper productive and bounce around and do a lot of things. I don't really buy the offense. I think he looked lost a lot of the time. I don't buy the shooting at all. Um, not that he won't turn into a shooter. I just don't buy where it is currently. Uh, I think this idea of him being like this elite wing defender right away could be very true. It could not be. He didn't really do that this year. Um, I think I've talked about this multiple times on the show now. So this rant won't be surprising to people, but he was a backup five for a reason for them. Again, I don't think coaches are idiots. So if you know that wasn't the best role for, for him to help them right away, um, why would he have played it? So they wanted him just causing mayhem around the rim. And again, weak side defender, all those things, basically being like, a, again, like a small ball five as a shot blocker and all that stuff. He does really well. I, there's just enough question marks there for me that I wouldn't want to take him 10 to 15. So if you took him 15 to 25, okay, I can totally see it for me. It's a guy I would probably have around 20-ish when it's all said and done. So big disagreement there because yeah. he's top five grade right. Yoda. Um, so, I mean, what I see in the numbers here is, um, you know, good, good shooting all, all the way around. Not like outstanding, like only 36% from three point range. He made shots, volume. but he cannot shoot Kevin. If that makes any sense, what I just said, like I, well, I do not buy it at all. He was 80% from the free throw line sure. on a pretty high volume yeah. in, in the sense. So, um, we're talking, you know, you got to the free throw line a lot, 9.3 attempts per per 40 minutes, which is um, highest among the forwards, mm-hmm. uh, the people I have forwards. He was also um, the only forward who I have on my list here who had more offensive rebounds per 40 
was uh, Musa Diabate. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Diabate. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, he he rebounded pretty well. And then the defensive numbers really popped because we were talking, you know, a ton of steals, a ton of blocks, um, not a ton of blocks, but a, you know, good shot blocker. um, And like I say, a ton of steals, like 3.2 per 40, which is, you know, the the next forward on the list has 2.3. So, um, you know, that definitely uh, a defensive, active defensively. He fouled a little on the high side, um, committed a lot of turnovers, not much uh, playmaking, of course. Um, he's kind of all over the place, but he also scored pretty well. You know, his usage level was pretty high for his role. Um, so, I, I mean, he he looks like a pretty good prospect, reasonably athletic. Um, I think he didn't participate in the combine, correct? but in the numbers, he looks pretty athletic. So he is, he's, he's definitely a good athlete. He's long. He's got the giant hands that everybody loves to talk about. So now he's the next Kawhi. He's this yeah. year's the next Kawhi. And I it just, I just don't see it from watching him play. And most yeah. of my critiques are, are all things I think are reasonable to sort out. Like he was super productive because he was hyperactive, but that also like, he just kind of ran around like a chicken with his head cut off a lot. And that ended up with production, but it also, I think hurt them at times too. So again, an NBA team couldn't just like watch a ton of film with him and be like, no, don't do that or do that or don't do that. Um, It could very easily work itself out and the tools and the production translate to a top eight guy and I'll look like an idiot. I just, there's enough there that, that scares me that I don't think like the people that watched highlight films of him are going to be like, holy shit, like this guy's unreal. But when you watch like full games of him, it's weird. And a lot of that production came with like a Walker Kessler guarding him. Like, of course he's going to beat Kessler to the rim. And and right. it's like, he can only drive to one side of the court. I mean, he physically cannot drive left. And yeah. I've seen enough of a defensive minded six foot nine guy who can't drive to one side of the basket who shot. I'd also don't buy. So yeah. that that's where I'm at. Not that he's Denny, but he's, is he more athletic than he, I mean, that that's the kind of role I see him potentially filling in the NBA. So yeah, at least at this level, he's, he's a better shooter than, than Abdia was, you know, Abdia came in, you know, his final season, that MVP season in, in Israel, Mm -hmm. you know, he was what below 60% from the free throw line. It was like uh, right around 30%, I think a little lower um, for three. And so Eason, like I said, 80% free throw shooter, on 9.3 per 40 that's that's a good number and that suggests that he he can shoot so you know and then 36 percent for three not a great percentage but i don't know he, he looks like a pretty good prospect to me at least in the numbers this will be probably end up being like my halliburton miss of the year where like i look at that jump shot and i'm just like there's no way he does that it's like weird sort of like like really acute angle with the elbow and just I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm just not it's, sold. It is funny how, you know, with all the like teaching, all the tools that are out there, how guys are still coming in with these like funky shots and, you know, weird shots. It's, it's, it's interesting. You know, you would think that shooting forms would get more homogenous. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like, you don't have to shoot exact the exact same way everybody else does, as long as you shoot the exact same way every time and it's consistent and repeatable, but like his misses are also really bad. They had that clip of him from his wizards workout where he clanked a couple just like really, really terribly, but the ones he made sort of rattled in. So I just, 
I don't know, not that, you know, one workout 30 second tape, I'm not letting that right. influence me, but yeah. I do think that that's a reasonable reflection of kind of how I saw him shoot this. Yeah. Year. yeah. So again, I'll probably be wrong and he'll end up being like a flamethrower from three and <laughs> right. he, he's more athletic Robert Covington or something for the next yeah. 10 years, but yeah. we'll see. Um, I, I kind of agree with you on Sochan though. Um, yeah. I think you mentioned him as well. And yep, he's next like yeah. below average um, efficiency, you know, it, some nice stuff, but I, I wouldn't want to pick him. I mean, I'd pick him in the first round. He's definitely got a first round grade, but I wouldn't pick him like top 10. And this is like, again, I just said this about Liddell, about like what works in the playoffs. But to me, Sohan is like the victim of the moment kind of thing. Like, oh, who's the next six foot eight forward who's switchable and can guard a lot of places? And to me, he's like more of a four five than he is a three four. So I've heard some people talk about him as like a wing and stuff like that. I, I just don't see it. I also hear a lot of talk about like the playmaking. And to me, it's like the same vein we talked about, like Denny with the playmaking. Can can he grab a rebound and take like three dribbles before he kicks it up court to somebody? Sure. I don't know that I necessarily call that playmaking. Um yeah. So I, I mean, I would say just looking at that, I mean, two point eight assists per forty. I if playmaking is a strength, he certainly did not show it in college. Yeah, that's where I'm at. And that's a thing you hear from, from people. Like if you go Google scouting report on on Jeremy Sohan, like that's the first thing that people have mentioned for like his offensive, well, here's what I bring to the table. Yeah. And his and then, teammate Kendall Brown, I think, actually does that. Um, yeah. But we'll see. Kendall Brown is a guy I like in, in terms of the wings, but um with with Sohan low usage, low efficiency. That's mm. a little concerning, you know? And that's on a team where they didn't rely on him as much as, you know, you would think for a top 10 pick early because they had sort of um, better, bigger veteran guys that maybe aren't necessarily NBA prospects, but they were ready to go and, you know, ready to play the Baylor way and all that stuff. And then they got decimated with injuries, especially on their perimeter early. But then uh, one of their starting bigs, Jonathan Chamuchachua, got hurt. I think he tore an ACL. I can't remember, but you know, Sohan came in and the numbers didn't get like markedly better. And to me, if like, it's not just like you were playing behind better guys. Like I, I think that happened to some of the Florida state guys and things like that, you know, like wait your turn. And okay. It, you can explain it away, but um, again, Scott Drew is not dumb. So like, if you could have done more, I think they probably would have let you do more, but we'll see. Uh, so again, if he's going to go 12, I wouldn't do it. I definitely wouldn't take him at 10. Yeah. I think he's a guaranteed lottery pick though. And that's a guy I would just be personally scared to take, but uh, you know, he's the next skinny Draymond because everybody needs a skinny Draymond. So yeah. uh, the next one I have here, probably again, I would imagine not like a super high Yoda guy. He's 44th on uh, consensus boards. I have him in the 30 plus range realistically, but I'm actually higher on him. I think he's going to be better than where he gets drafted. I wouldn't take him ahead of Tari Eason or anything like that, but I think you might get more bang for your buck from, from one of these kinds of guys. And I can't really explain it, Kevin. Like this is one where um, this is a total, just like I enjoyed watching this guy pick and it's mm -hmm. totally coloring my perception of him. But Justin Lewis out of Marquette. I well, just, what, okay. So here's hilarious. That's he's the next guy on my list. Yeah, there we go. That makes me and, feel good. And I have him, you know, I could, I could definitely see picking him like, you know, in the second round, but sure. like high in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, he, absolutely. He, he's six seven. He's another bowling ball guy. Wasn't a great defender, but again, also don't think they asked him to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he shoots it, but it just I just think that kind of guy, he's gonna like this is maybe where Trevor Booker is the better comp, is just um again, better Trevor Booker, I hope, I think, based on where I'm saying I would take him. But like he's just gonna work hard enough to be productive in some ways. I don't know necessarily like what he'll do or what I think his overwhelming skill set is, but yeah, I'm just I'm just in on him. Yeah, yeah. I think he's you know, has a shot. You pick him in the second round, and I think he has a chance to become like a, you know, a solid rotation guy. Yep. And that's where I'm at. If he's your eighth guy in a couple of years, I think that's makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, next one here, Darian Seaburn out of NC state. I, I put him as a forward. Maybe you can make him a wing. I, I don't know where he really should go to be honest with you. Maybe call him a point forward, but he's just going to like slash to the basket a lot. He's long. I do think there is like some actual creation stuff for, for guys there. He ran a decent amount of point in like the combine scrimmages for teams because he could do that. He's like pretty slight still. So to me, like, are you too thin is like the one thing I'm like least paying attention to when looking at guys, because again, I've just never seen an NBA player that didn't get stronger and put on weight. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if they look sort of skin skinny, still they're usually like skinny strong, if that makes sense. So uh, that wouldn't detract me. The shooting's not great. The defense is inconsistent, but I think he has tools to be better than we actually saw this year. Yeah, I have him as a wing and okay. kind of like late second, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a borderline type of thing, type okay. of grade. He'll probably get drafted. And, you know, I would think like later in the like second half of the second round. It's another one of those things where like, I'm a sucker for, could you turn this six foot eight guy into a point guard at some point? Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, this is not a Denny thing for me where like, I never saw Denny as a point guard, but um, could he be, uh, Delano Banton, uh, from mm-hmm. last year's draft or something like that and come in and do a little bit of, of everything and kind of run all over the place. I think yeah. just a certain amount of like versatile, I could ask you to do a couple different things as you're my eighth or 10th guy mm-hmm. is, is valuable. Um, yeah. this is another one where I wasn't really sure positionally where I would put him. I think in college, he primarily played the five, um, in like meaningful minutes. It's Jalen Williams, uh, the other Jalen Williams with a Y. So I, I don't, is he a four, is he a five? I don't know. I just felt like a forward seemed like a reasonably safe place. Didn't put up like a ton of crazy defensive numbers other than like leading the world in charges. The guy can take a charge on literally anyone. If you're like in, if you're a coach trying to teach him a drill, he somehow takes a charge on you, uh, which I don't know that charges is the most, um, you know, like translatable stat or whatever, but it shows like you have a reasonable high IQ to me that you're willing to like, do those things and you can time it right. And you have to be actually like reasonably coordinated, I think to be a good charge taker, but he can shoot it a little bit. He looked really good in their game against uh, Gonzaga and he could drive you, you know, pull you a little bit away from the basket. He could switch a little bit here and there if he had to. So if somebody took him at 42 or something, uh, I would not be opposed to that. This is uh, Jalen Williams, Santa Clara. Uh, no other Jalen Williams with a Y J A Y L I N. Sorry. You probably have him under bigs, I would imagine. I think that's probably more realistically where I should have put him at the end of the day. But um, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just not really sure how to group certain guys, if that makes sense. Um, So, yeah, he's. He's just one of those dudes where. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From Arkansas. Yeah, from Arkansas. And and their team, I think, 
probably didn't need him to be as good offensively as I think he can be. And he's a guy that I think if he'd gone back for another year in a, in a vacuum would have been like an easy first round pick next year, except they have like the second best recruiting class in the country and two of the guys coming in are power forwards. So yeah, it's one of those things where I think he probably had to go before he got buried, but yeah, uh, I just buy it. Yeah. So um, Yoda disagrees. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, uh, so a couple things, a few things stand out. So first uh, with Williams, the J A Y L I N Williams is uh, you know, two point percentage, pretty low, just 53% for, mm-hmm. you know, big man, you would expect you, you want him over 60% or close. He's going to be more of a stretch big for somebody and the three point percentage probably wasn't all that good. Either. No, only 24% from, from yeah. three. And um, just 73% from the free throw line. That's not terrible for a big, but it's also like, doesn't really jump out. Rebounded well, there's some assists. So that's good. Um, no, Very few block shots for a big yeah. man. Yeah, um, he's not going to block a lot of shots. He's sort of but, not super long or super springy. Yeah, decent, decent um, steal numbers. And at the combine, he tested slow and kind of ground bound. So <laughs> Um, basically this is, you know, he's the kind of guy I would have like, don't draft, yeah. but, um, or if you're going to pick him, do it in the second round, but I definitely have him as the center. Okay. And then that's honestly probably where I should have put him. I, I think just because I, I thought like, can he guard bigger fives? Probably not. So I made him like a big stretch four, if that makes sense uh, to me, yeah, he's yeah. like Thomas Bryant D not as good an offensive player. Yeah. yeah. But, but that kind of like mold of guy where he he is a five but you know right. we all kind of wish he could be a four if that makes sense right. um, yeah yeah absolutely uh but you know he, he made like a defensive all-american team the athletic put out like an all glue guy team that they had him on there because he just kind of does that stuff um yeah. that I, I could see making work the next guy i had on here i have david roddy and i loved this guy and i watched like an entirely too much Colorado state games this year for having no vested interest in, in them other than I enjoyed David Rowdy. And he looked so out of place in the combine that I'm just like now terrified about having a whole bunch of David Rowdy stock. So to me, he was like 30 before. And now I've sort of scaled that back just because uh, it, it looked bad for all the reasons you hoped it wouldn't look bad. So, um, okay. I didn't, like paid that much attention to the, like the, whatever the scrimmages are, whatever they do at yep. the, the, the combine. What I would say I, number one, I have him significantly, I have him wing as a wing and mm-hmm. I have him like much higher. Okay. Um, so like mid first, like just outside the lottery kind of thing. Wow. Okay. Um, so what I like about him is um, one, you know, he, his agility tested out really well. He didn't mm-hmm. leap well, but his agility was outstanding. Yeah. at the uh, at the combine in the drill his efficiency was very good um, we're talking 62% on threes 44 i mean 62% on twos 44% on threes only 69% from the free throw line and but good volume on threes four, you're talking four per per 40 good got to the free throw line reasonably well rebounded well there's some playmaking um you know steals and blocks he he got some of those too i mean this is a guy who i don't know i mean maybe he he can't compete, you know, physically, but, um, you know, I, I, I have him significantly higher than a second round pick. I, I like genuinely loved this person for the entire college basketball season. 
And then it was a little concerning in their NCAA tournament game, like against sort of long athletic guys against Michigan. He, he looked out of place and same thing in the combine because he just, I guess the, the lateral quickness stuff being good in the combine drills is good, but he looked slow and unathletic on the court and the shooting. Um, he, he couldn't make shots because he had a much harder time getting off decent shots. It seemed like, but yeah. he creates a little bit. He, he like initiated offense for them this year. He posted guys up like he played one through five offensively at times, you know, throughout the year, which I think is incredibly interesting as a player. Um, but he's he's heavy. And I, I just I don't know. I, I'm, I'm confused now. I think this is a guy that I'm in my own head about, but I want him to be like really good. Uh, so if, if he could be like the Grant Williams kind of guy, six, seven power forward, you know, stretches the floor, but can move his feet enough to play like good defense. Mm-hmm. I think that would be great for him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, like I said, I, he looks pretty good to me. So <laughs> uh, I hope you're right. Uh, we will see uh, just a couple other names I want to throw out here. We don't need to spend time on these are guys. Like if you, some, if somebody put them on a two way, I'd be fine with it. Again, a couple of these could be wings, could be fours. I don't know. This, I put them as forwards because they were more four threes to me than three fours, if that mm-hmm. distinction yeah. makes any real sense. But uh, I've dropped uh, Jabari Walker out of Colorado, Josh Minot from Memphis, Musa Diabate from Michigan, and Leonard Miller from God knows where, um, yeah. just because he was, you know, a superior high school prospect that, hey, if I could get him on a two way, like a Kyrie uh, Walker kind of thing, get him on a G League contract, whatever. I might as well take a shot at it and just see yeah. if he pops any of those names that, that you like more than others. Um, I have them like, I think in, in different positions, okay. but yeah. Um, you have Walker so I, and Minot as wings maybe. Yeah. I've got Walker as a, as a wing, definitely with a draftable grade. Um, okay. Minot as well. Where is he? I've got him somewhere, <laughs> but um, I have him also with a, like, you know, second round pick kind of grade. Um, I, I, he doesn't I, do anything so far other than like dunk and and maybe be switchable ish defensively but and that's why i put him as a four right now just because there's not much dribbling yeah. or passing or having, shooting but have him as a center um because okay. when i looked at his stat profile yeah um, he would just, be a small ball five offensively right now but he's like wing build yeah yeah so i like i said i had him as a as an undersized center okay um so um, one other name that I have, like like borderline, if you picked him in the second round, okay. If you got him as an undrafted free agent, that's that would be good too. Is um, Julian Champagny? Yeah. So it probably again, he's another guy, maybe more wing ish the way he actually plays Champagny. Yeah. Um, he's good. He's really good. I have him on my wing list as sort of uh, if you could get him on a two way somehow, I'd be like really ecstatic about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he's he's. You know, his offensive efficiency numbers, not that good, yeah. but he, he rebounds, you know, a little bit of playmaking. He can just, he just does a lot of stuff and he's a borderline prospect, but he's somebody who could make it. A couple other guys, if they were on the summer league roster or on the go-go this year, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Brady Manick out of North Carolina, Dom Barlow, also out of the um, overtime elite, Isaiah Mobley, uh, Evan's brother. Hey, maybe you just, if you're good to Isaiah, the next time Evan's up for a contract, you know, maybe that steals him away for you. Who knows? Um, he's actually a good player though. So maybe more of a center. I could have put him either way, realistically. The only guy I have don't draft on here, Kevin, and this is a guy that is 31 on the consensus mock. And I just have like the literal stamp. Please don't draft this person is Patrick Baldwin Jr. I just don't get it. He's the classic. Yeah. 
shot looks good, but never makes them. And we've talked about him before too, but he doesn't do anything else really. So please don't. Yeah. Now um, the only like, yeah, number one, I would not pick Patrick Baldwin. He is like very close to the bottom of my uh, rankings in Yoda. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was not productive on a really bad team. Um, and he tested poorly at the combine, like, you know, slow, doesn't leap well. Mm-hmm. Um, he did measure out as of like center size. Right. Yeah. So, He's but yeah. yeah, I mean, awful, awful, awful offensive efficiency. Like I cannot under say awful too many times, 40, 42% from two, 27% from three. Um, and he didn't really rebound. There's no playmaking. There's no defense. It's like, you know, in terms of the numbers, I do not like he, he used more possessions than than he scored. His offensive rating overall was 87, Eesh. which is just astoundingly bad. Um, yeah. And uh, so I, I would just take a hard pass on him and let somebody else make that mistake. Yep. And if they hit on it, God bless them. They deserve it because I think it's going to take them a lot of time and stress and all that good stuff. Yeah. All right. That's who I think all the guys I had. Is there anyone else on your sort of forward list that we didn't talk about? Uh, no, we've hit it. Okay. Uh, all right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. This is like, again, the ultimate prospect deep dive. No matter who the wizards take, you will have heard them mentioned on this podcast or, or the companion to this. Again, that was the guards and forwards. We're going to switch over to the, uh, so wizards feed here and we'll do wings and centers. So if you're not already subscribed to that, make sure to do that. And then I think between Kevin and I, we'll write some of this up or include links on the Bulls Forever article here somewhere so you can catch them all yeah. in one place. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And as always, we were presented by betonline.ag. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube